Hey y'all, this is Sam. And this is Steven. And this is Crimology. This is episode 139. Before we get started, make sure to do all of the things. Make sure to Instagram, Facebook, follow, subscribe. Make sure to like, subscribe, follow. <laughs> um, five stars, review, email at crimologypod at gmail.com. Our social medias are at crimologypod. Um, yeah, make sure to do all those things. I can tell you haven't recorded in a while. Yep. <laughs> there it is. You know, we normally get on these streaks where we'll record, what, like three or four in like mm-hmm. a day or two span. And then we go like a month and it's, oh yeah. Gotta, this is how you do it. This is relearning. These are the words you use. Um... Yeah, let's just jump into this week's episode. This is episode 139, Bell Gunness. This week's state is Indiana. All right, time to play everybody's least favorite game. Right. Okay, wow. Thanks for the support. <laughs> All right. Um, when was Indiana... A, what number was this? 20. Was 20 actually your guess? Did you look? Did you no. cheat? Is it 20 it's, on the dot? No. Oh, what is it? 19. Um, so that's why I was, I was rather amazed that you... <laughs> I was um, going to say 20-something. Yeah, but then you just said 20, and I was just like, okay, she's she's going with it. Um, what is the capital of Indiana? Come on. Mm-hmm. Where do the Colts play? Indianapolis. <laughs> Thank you, audience member from the other room. Um, okay, what are the two main colors of the flag? Blue and red. Blue is correct. What's the? White. Nope. It's a color that has appeared. It's not yellow. Huh? Yellow. Yes. Blue and yellow. Um let me see. What is their official language? I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> Oh, what is sorry, that's right. What's the nickname? Uh, they made a movie about this. With Gene Chapman. I'm pretty sure is who was in that. Hmm. It's the nickname of the University of Indiana. No, that doesn't help not okay. nothing. What did it tell? Something about horses. Nope. <laughs> nothing even close about horses. It's the Hoosier State. Oh. You know the movie. That's literally a, you could have locked me in a room for ages. Never would have gotten that. And then let's do a fun one, of course. Oh, what is their state snack? Indianapolis. What do we think when we think Indianapolis? Coffee is what I'm thinking. It's so it goes with it's coffee. A food. A donut? No. It's coffee has nothing. Cupcake? Coffee has nothing to do with it. That's where my mind was going. Fish. You eat this at a basketball game. Nachos. Football game. Mm, that's another staple. 
I don't know. That's all I ate. Popcorn? Popcorn. Oh, the... you should have said movie theater. Oh, Who eats at a football game? Football mm. games for nachos and hot dogs. Hot dogs. <laughs> it's very it's very Boston of you to say it that way. <laughs> hot dogs. Okay. All right. There you go. There's your Indian information. Indian? Indiana. Indiana. That's what I said. Okay. If not, I'll fix it in post. <laughs> Indiana. Another episode that is linked to this or this state uh, that we've already covered is Sylvia Likens. So, uh, that was way back there, wasn't it? Yeah. Plug in there. I almost went and looked at the number, but I didn't. So, but I do know it's far back there because I don't remember it. So, I know it's been a while. (laughs) So, this case happened in the late 1800s and early 1900s. So, we actually we have a, a quite a bit of information about this case, but like always with cases like this, um, there are some days they what there are some details that just aren't available. So there will come information that we have this information, but we just don't know where it came from or if it's even true. So just a heads up before we get started. So we have Belle. Belle was born in Norway and her parents were traveling musicians or magicians. They're traveling magicians. I'm assuming this means that they worked in a circus kind of situation, but I'm not sure this is one of those details that this is what their job description is, but like doesn't tell us what that means. (laughs) The family traveled all over together and Belle would walk on a tightrope, which is why I'm thinking this might be a circus because that's not a magician thing. So anyways, don't know. Unless they were magicians and then, but she uh, was something in the circus. Unless she walked on a tightrope, an invisible tightrope, and they were like, oh, I don't know. Anyways, that's what I'm assuming. We're getting way out there. When they were like, here's her job and here's everybody else's job. And that's what I'm assuming. Her father would also help build buildings to get extra money. So when the family would get money, I won't say that they were cheap. But they would pay for the essential stuff, but the rest of the money would go into a savings account. And because the family lived like this, Belle's parents were able to buy a farm and then retire when Belle was a teenager. So after living on this farm for a while, Belle wanted to move on for her life. She wanted more. She wanted to move to the the U.S. She basically wanted to marry rich. She was chasing the money. She didn't want to just live on the farm. So she did that. Are you taking notes? Um, I, You'll find a funny part later in the story oh, that perfect. you'll also be like, hey, take notes or do this. So perfect. just wait. 1881, Belle moves to Illinois. After living there for about two years, she meets Mads Sorensen and they get married. His name is Mads. M-A-D-S. Isn't that crazy? A lot of these names in here, you're like, whoa, where'd these go? Um, But Hmm. Mads. Mads. So they moved to Chicago and they opened a candy store together. For a while, the business was doing good. But then they hit a time where they weren't getting a lot of business. They were actually losing money rather than making it. So one night, officials are called to report a fire had been started at Bell's candy store. No one is hurt, but the building and everything inside is ruined. So the couple had insurance on the building. So the insurance agents come out to the candy store to try to see if foul play was involved. 
and the officials weren't able to come up with a cause for the fire, so they labeled it an accident, and then Bell and Mads get their insurance claim money. Now, right now, Mads and Bell got, or right after Mads and Bell got married, Mads took out two life insurance policies. One of the policies would expire in a couple of years, and then that's when the new policy would start. But there would be a couple of days, like literally two days, where the two policies would overlap. Guess who just so happens to die on one of the two days his policy overlaps? I might have an idea. (laughs) So Belle is obviously questioned about what happened after Mads' death. She says Mads comes home from work complaining of a headache. He goes to lay down. She brings him some medicine for the pain. And says when she went back into the room to check on him, he wasn't breathing. After officials' investigation, they said that Mads' death was from a heart failure. Now Mads' family immediately thinks something else happened. They said that Mads wasn't sick. He lived a very healthy, active lifestyle. That there was no way his health went downhill that fast. They believed he might have been poisoned. Now, when the family hears about the life insurance policies that Mads had and that Bell cashed both of the policies the day after Mads' death for over $8,000 at the time, they definitely knew something was happened. That's a significant amount of money. For I didn't do too. the whole Google search of what's $8,000 for then or right. equivalent yeah, the, to yeah, right the, now. Yeah, the inflation number. But you can only imagine. Um, and also the fact that she does it the day after his death. You're like, okay, dude, <laughs> yeah. sums death up. So Matt's family asked for his body to be exhumed, but for some reason it was never done. And so this is another one of those details that I can't find out why it wasn't done. I just know it wasn't. So whatever. So in a week, Belle loses her candy store and her husband. But to top it off, at the end of the week, Belle's house burns down. So now the insurance officials come out again, like, hey, yo, what's going on? But when they look at Bell's house, they don't see any funny business happening. So this fire, too, is labeled an accident. So in a week, Bell loses everything, but she is gaining a whole lot of money. Now, Bell is hating the way that people are treating her now. She's getting side-eye everywhere she goes. No one is believing her side of the story. And people around town are whispering when she walks by. So she decides to move. So she buys a farm and moves from Illinois to Indiana. I think it's like six miles away. But they're, you know, those states are right, right. next to each So it's like just a boom over. While living in Indiana, Bell meets Peter Gunnis and they get married. After they get married, the couple open a market together. Just like with the candy store, the market was doing good at first, but then there came a point where they stopped making money and started losing money. One day, while Peter and Belle were at the store working, Belle said that Peter was stocking shelves when a meat grinder from one of the top shelves fell onto Peter's skull head. It crushed his skull and kills Peter. The coroner's office go to Belle to question her about what happened. And now when I say all of this, Belle is said to have been intimidating. It is said that when Belle was questioned, she gave her answer so confidently and so sternly that no one really questioned her, if that makes any sense. So 
When officials question her about Peter's death, she gives her stories and officials really have no reason to question her any further. So they take her story as truth and they rule his death as an accident. Now, Peter and Belle had four children together. They had Lucy, Philip, Myrtle, and an adoptive daughter named Jenny. Myrtle is another one of those names that I was like, you don't hear that often anymore. What happened to Myrtle? In 1906, neighbors and people in the community go to officials to say that they haven't seen Belle's daughter, Jenny, in a very long time. They said that this wasn't normal because they would see Jenny almost every single day around town and had been weeks since they saw her, so they wanted officials to go check on her at the home. When officials go to Belle's house, they ask where Jenny is, and Belle tells them that she's in California finishing her education. Now, because of Belle's demeanor, police don't think anything of this, so they move on, and they don't really dig into it. It also makes you stop and think about how they could have at this time. Like, right. how do you even figure it out but anyways side note now at some point this is where you're gonna laugh at this bell puts an ad out in the newspaper and i have a picture of what it says let me pull it up shoot dang because she basically puts an ad out in the paper that says hey single woman looking for a man hit me up it says personal Calmly widow who owns a large farm in one of the finest di- districts of Laporte County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman with a view to joining fortunes. No replies by what letter will be considered unless the sender is willing to follow an answer with a personal visit. <laughs> and this is where I was like, hmm. Stephen's going to be like, hey, you taking you taking notes? Put it out out on the paper. Anyways. That's uh, that's called Tinder now, right? I don't put an ad on the paper. <laughs> no. So. There's that hinge. I yeah. don't know. So, spoiler for the rest of the story. This is pretty much how officials are guessing that she gets her remaining victors, uh, victors, victims is from this ad that she puts out. Now, May 1907, a Wisconsin widow by the name of Olay sees the ad. Another name that I'm like, where'd Olay come from? Where'd it go? Where'd it come from, Olay Joe? He decides he needs to come see Belle. He doesn't tell his family about the trip. He only tells a neighbor that he is going to visit a lady about an ad she put in the paper, but doesn't give any details. This is the last time Olay is heard or seen from. A South Dakota man named Andrew also sees the ad. He writes Belle a letter because he wants to get to know Belle a little bit better before visiting her. And Belle, for whatever reason, decides to have Andrew move out there with her and open up another business together. So in January of 1908, Andrew moves in with Belle and her children. He's there for about two weeks when Belle convinces him to go to the bank and get a $3,000 loan out to start their business. He's approved, and the bank said that they would send the check in the mail, which is another funny, like, oh, how times have changed. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, we'll just send in the mail. So Belle ends up getting a hold of the check before Andrew does, and she goes and and cashes it. 
Now, unlike Olay, Andrew told his family about Bell. So when Andrew's brother stops getting letters from Andrew, he decides to reach out to Bell and see what's happening. Bell writes Andrew's brother back and says two weeks after he was at her house, he went and he got this loan, but that he ran off to Norway. So then says that Andrew's brother should come down to her farm and help her search for clues of what might have gone wrong and where he might have been and to help her find him. April 28th, 1908, around 3 a.m., Belle's home is burnt to the ground. Inside the house, they find the human remains of three children and a woman. Officials determine that the three children are Lucy, Philip, and Myrtle, and they assume that the woman is Belle. When they look closer at the woman's body, they see that her head had been cut off. So now officials are trying to determine who would want to kill Belle and her children. Now there is a man named Ray who comes into the picture. He had worked on the farm for a while for Belle, but said he stopped working for her because they didn't get along. Ray is known to have gone around the community saying that he had some major dirt on Belle that would ruin her, while Belle went around town saying that Ray was crazy and that no one should believe him. When officials look at the crime scene again, they said to have found evidence that was that Ray was at the house the night of the fire. But this is another one of those, this part of the story where I can't find what the evidence they're talking about is, but they just keep referring to this evidence that proves that Ray was at the house the night of the fire. I don't know what that is and what it could be, but anyways, that's there. So when Ray is questioned again, he says there are bodies buried in the back of Bell's house. Now when officials go to look further into this, they discover five bodies in the back of Bell's yard. Officials were able to determine that one body belonged to Jenny, the adopted daughter. They also identified one body as being Andrew, and they had another unidentified man and two unidentified eight-year-old girls. On May 6th, officials discover four more bodies, and then most of the bodies found had limbs removed. Officials determined that whoever committed these murders had knowledge of the human body and knew where to cut. Officials also found bodies of bones or different body parts in bags, so now it got harder to determine how many victims they had when they started discovering bags rather than bodies. On May 9th, two more bags of bones were found in the family's private graveyard. They also found remains in the house fireplace, next to the outhouse, next to the pig pen, and a nearby lake. So there were literally remains everywhere. This farm was pretty big and had a lot of land on it. I would say so. So literally it was like every single part of this farm had human remains. That's a... Yeah, that's pretty crazy that you've got that many scattered right. all along. Now, officials are starting to question if the woman's body they have in the house really belongs to Belle or not. If she was able to get away with all of this that they found at the farm, could she be able to get away with faking her own death? If the remains they found, so they look go and look at the remains in the house and they look through all the the debris of the house and they found a woman's lower jaw. They bring it to the local dentist to try to determine the identity of the body. 
When the dentist looks at markings of the jaw, he is positive that the markings belong to the same work that was done on Bell's teeth. After this case goes public, many family members of missing people come to the farm to try to see if they could identify the bodies as their missing family members. However, some of the remains were so damaged that no one was able to be certain of the identity of the body. And then when you're throwing body parts in bags and then burying bags, you're not sure if this bag is one person right. or if there's multiple. And so it just got difficult to try to identify people. Now, when it was announced that Ray was one of the suspects, locals came forward and said they saw Ray around Bell's house the night of the fire and that they noticed Ray wearing some of the victim's personal items after they went missing. When Ray was questioned about this, he said that Bell gave him those items as a thank you for his help around the farm. Now, they had this evidence against Ray saying that he was at the house, but they didn't have a confession. And Ray had said that he was with a woman the night of the fire. When they went and questioned that woman, she denies seeing Ray that night. So Ray admits to setting the fire at Bell's house, but he says that he didn't kill anybody. He also says while he worked at the farm, he was made to dig various holes around the property but never knew what they were for. May 22nd, 1908, Ray was charged with the murders of the family and was sentenced to two to 20 years in prison. However, soon after Ray's conviction, his health took a turn and he passed away on December 30th, 1909. Sorry, is that kind of just crazy that he got, I mean, I know he was charged, quote unquote, with the murders, but like only 20 years was the max. Yeah. Like now that would probably get you life. 20 years is your life. Like life plus probably. Yeah. 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 So Bell's farm had grown into a tourist attraction. Many people coming from all over to visit the farm and visit where all this stuff happened. It is thought that Bell killed 14 people while some say she is responsible for over 40 more murders. But the big question with this case is what really happened to Belle? Was she really in the fire? Did she escape and make a new life somewhere else? Was the doctor, you know, because there was only one doctor or dentist in this area. So he saw a lot of people and he knew a lot of people. So could he, you know, what were records like back then? Were you keeping records on everybody? Or were you just like, oh yeah, that kind of looks like your teeth. And what kind of procedure were you Mm -hmm. like did she get a procedure everybody gets and so you're like oh yeah this is bill but i also did it on mary lou and sally lou over there too so are you even sure that it's her Mm -hmm. so this is the big question is does she do all of this because every time she got money so the importance of mentioning how her family lived is because that's basically how she lived. She didn't really necessarily go and live this lavish lifestyle and buy all of this good things. She was putting money into a savings account and basically paying for what needed to be paid for. She also goes literally back to a farm, which is how she grew up and lived that lifestyle because that's what she knew. So it's not like she went and lived this lavish lifestyle and needed money to live. Like she was building up the savings account. So did she literally do like what her parents did and 
Did she retire for the rest of her life and just live happily ever after in Hawaii or someplace? So that's a big question. (laughs) Dun dun. Yeah, it's pretty, I mean, it's uh, probably the most uh, infamous uh, serial killer that you've probably never heard of before. Ah, That's true. That's true. Good title. Good title. Thanks. Marketing. (laughs) This was one of those that I feel like there's a lot of states on this list that the case comes up and i'm like why don't we hear about this because Mm -hmm. it also is one of those crazy ones where you're like there are bodies everywhere so like literally she could have killed 14 or 40 people like there's a lot of space (laughs) in between that's also quite the number i know but they were like because like there would be a damaged bone here so we were never able to put all of these bones together and then we weren't able to put a full skeleton together so does this bone actually go with this skeleton or does it go with this, this skeleton or is it its own skeleton? Hmm. Um, and so that's what, yeah, that's pretty crazy. Anyways, it's wild. It's also funny that I don't know if it's still now a farm. Like, I don't know if you still can go there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a website that we will post that is just basically, it's just nothing from, but photos of this whole of photos from this time period. And then of now, um, but I wonder if the farm is still funny. And so it's still, it's just funny that like, even back then we were these crazy obsessed people with Mm -hmm. crime that we were like, let's go to the farm. We're going to go on vacation. Let's go to her murder farm. Murder farm. Hmm. Anyways, there you go. Episode 139. There you go. A female killer for y'all. Like always make sure to like, subscribe, comment, share. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, email. Do all of those things. Um, I don't know what next week is, so you'll have to come back and... I forget which state is next week, so you'll have to come back. Anyways, 139. We've been doing this a heck of a long time. This is coming up on, what, three years now? Three years. Wow. Goodness gracious. Who would have thunk? Not me. Okay, Paul Red. <laughs> we need to wrap this one. All right. Like always, this is Sam. Sorry, Indiana. I don't have anything for you. This is Steven. And this is Carmology. Carmology.